Hi everybody, this is Chris. Chad and I were set to record a new show this week, but unfortunately I was a little under the weather, so I decided to take one of the legendary Lost episodes of Paranormal Guys and actually throw it up for a true Halloween treat. For a really horrifying experience, make sure you listen all the way till the end to the outtake. You will probably not sleep ever again. Oh, and keep in mind, we did record this almost a year ago, so any of the news or events we talk about are long since gone. Thank you. Happy Halloween, and enjoy. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The facts that will be presented are true. Scientists, representing the world's foremost research centers, took part in the examination of the evidence. Chad. And together, we're a paranormal guys. Octoline makes me happy. Does it? We're back. Cold room happy? Sure. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means, but sure. Okay, yeah. We're here. Uh, again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Take a, took a little break for various reasons. Yeah. yeah. Things happen. That's all right. But we're back. There's death and rebirth. Birth? Yeah, birth. Like a wide birth. You having a kid? No. Uh-huh. Well, almost today. <laughs> <laughs> well then. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, we're back. Uh, we decided to do a show real quick to uh, end 2017. Mm-hmm. And hoping that 2018, we're going to kick it off anew and be regular again. This is this is our present to you and we're gonna wrap it up. Gonna have that whole big bottle of uh Metamucil ready and be regular again. Yeah. Miralax, red wine. I don't think that's regular. It's something. <laughs> yeah, for anybody that wants to know, get you a big old jug of Miralax and mix mix it with some wine and mm-hmm. uh swig that thing down. Yep. You don't have to drive anywhere for a couple of days, you can hover home. <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah, we're back. Again, like mm-hmm. I said 20 times now. Yep, we're here. Chris. New exciting episode of Paranormal Guys. We're in this room together. You, me, them. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I mean, no need to really go into what we've been doing for two, three months, however long it's been. No, no. Eventually the federal government will clear it all up. I mean, I'm, I'm not really sure I'm actually recording this right now. I've forgotten how to use all this stuff. 
Just don't touch those buttons. I mean, there's lights flashing and stuff, so I guess it's good. Yeah, either that or you're having a stroke. I don't really see anything flashing. There's a couple of lights on the board. Yeah, we're good. Okay, sure. We'll find out. (laughs) Hot dog. But, uh, you know, one thing that did kind of happen in our brief absence, Chad. What's that? We received our first negative comment. The hell you say. So early. I know. (laughs) Gotta get that out. It's for you, Mike. Tamping it down. You gotta let it go. Uh, Yeah, it was on uh, one of the uh, videos on our YouTube channel. It Mm -hmm. was... Now, the episode it was on was uh, the episode about the Beast of Land Between the Lakes. One of our most popular episodes, I might add. And if you are a listener to our show, you know this. If you're not a listener, go back and listen. It's probably the most serious we've ever been on a show, because all we did was read a horrible story about a family getting disemboweled and killed by a dog man. Hold on. If they're not a listener, how are they going to hear this message to go back and listen? That makes no sense. I'm sending this out psychically. Oh, okay. People, it's like spider sense. People will go, wait, I'm supposed to go listen to this. Yeah. Anyway, shut up. Okay. But, uh, so most serious show we've ever done. And we get a comment, Chad, that says, this is why people don't take the subject seriously. Hmm. And then what? It said boring or something too, didn't it? Boring or, yeah. Boring, boring and next. next. Yeah. Like, yes, I mean, go, I didn't, go right ahead. Listen to the next episode. I mean, I forgot about it until just now. Apparently only one of us <laughs> dwelt on it. No, the only reason I dwelt on it was because yeah. it was like, really? You think that's the reason people don't take it seriously? Uh, go listen to one of the other shows. You know what would stop crap like that, right? What? If you had to put your address down on your YouTube comments. Right. It'd be like the end of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd show up and punch people. No, they just end up getting a bag with a nutty log in it in their their mailbox. Mm, mm. A pecan log? I mean, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Depends on what you <clears> ate. <throat> Depends on what I ate that day. No, I don't care. But no, that's, really. I mean, I, I'm not dwelling on it. It just, I thought that was kind of quirky that you said that was why no one takes it serious. It's like, huh. He, he dwelt on it. Perhaps you've never heard us talk about the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, well, they must have just... Picked one episode to try and listen to. I don't know. What more do they want in life? I'm, who, I, How much money were they out, really? I mean, we do charge for the shows. <clears throat> I mean, I've never charged for the show. <laughs> I could teach somebody, but I'd have to charge. Your your podcast brings all the uh, boys to the yard. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, and their life is better than yours. See, I could charge for that. You could. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd liked it. I thought it was good. But anyway, moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to try a preliminary run on something we're going to start on the uh, shows once we kick it anew back in January. Mm-hmm. And we don't really have a clever name for it yet. Chad's getting old and can't think of stuff off the top of his head anymore. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's right. So for now, we're just going to say it's paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, just any kind of news or any kind of paranormal-related things that maybe, we, we know of. Maybe paracrap? I don't know. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Here's your paracrap. Hey, you want some paracrap to listen to, Speaking kids? of paracrap, mm. Seth Breedlove. <laughs> I didn't say that, Seth. I'm using it as an example. Not I, I, I was just watching some of your case files, episodes for Small Town Monsters on YouTube. They're great. Check them out. People. So, uh, but yeah, like, so for instance, Chad. <clears throat> yes. 
Cryptid Gun has an already announced for next year. Uh, same cryptid time, same cryptid basically, location. Yeah. Yeah, September eighth and ninth next year at the Capitol Plaza Hotel in Frankfurt. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, there's no rolling blackouts that day. That's right. Uh, and I'm not sure. I think have tickets went on sale for it yet? No, I think they're still. I think they are getting vendors. Yeah, currently. they're getting vendors. I know that I, yeah. tickets may or may not be on I don't sale know. quite I didn't, yet. Last time I saw it, I didn't see anything about tickets. But you can go to cryptidcon.com. You certainly can. For they more haven't. Information. They put haven't put any limitations on the internet on us yet. <laughs> wow. I mean, maybe soon. Uh, not right now. Next item is one Mr. Lauren Coleman. Lauren Coleman. That's right. Uh, his new book on the Mothman. Mm-hmm. The Mothman, Evil Incarnate. The unauthorized companion to the Mothman prophecies. Yes. Is coming out December 15th, and you can pre-order it right now from the uh, International Cryptozoology Museum website. Mm-hmm. So head on over there and see what all Lauren has to say about all the Mothman goings on. Lauren had some neat stuff um, on sale through the website too. You know, he had a few of these little metal miniatures of the museum left, like these little cast uh, miniatures. Oh, yeah. I, I think they were like hundred bucks, but they were really cool. Um, had lots of good stuff. If you're still looking for some last minute Christmas items for that cryptid lover in your life. That's right. Go on ahead on over there and purchase something. And oh, hey, something else. Speaking of that, uh, Cryptid Crate, their December box is uh on sale right now yeah i saw that That's and it's nice. supposed it's they say it's the largest box they put together so far i know it has like a pair of socks it has a toboggan a nice. signed i can't remember if it was a book or a dvd but it's signed we ever uh get enough money together between us we ought to get a subscription we should I think but we yeah, should do that anyway crates pretty cool yeah we need to send them more cards don't we we do we should <laughs> Let's see. What else do we have in the paranormal crap stuff? I don't know. <laughs> I did. I didn't have much today. Uh, our buddy Colin Schneider. Colin, yes, Colin. Since uh, the last time I believe we talked, his radio station is back up. And yeah, running. it's been back up. He's got several uh, episodes up. Uh, um, I'm trying to think who the last guest was, but anyway, all of them are always intriguing. He was a bald guy. On. I know even like uh, Seth's been on an episode not that long ago. <laughs> Bald guy. Well, I don't read things. I look at pictures. I know. That's why they give you that special menu at McDonald's. Well, it's easier. Just point. <laughs> but yeah, you could listen to the Crypto Kid podcast or radio show, however you want to put it, Yeah. at WCJVradio.com. CJV. They're on your side. I guess. Sure. And one last little tidbit here. Uh, speaking of Mr. Seth Breedlove, uh-huh. <laughs> I know the uh, Flatwoods Monster, A Legacy of Fear trailer is up on YouTube. It is. And it's slated to come out early next year? I believe so. Looks like it's going to be very interesting. It Lots is. of new graphics and artwork, and it's got that 1950s sci-fi movie tone. And the first and only life-size replica of... The Flatwoods Monster. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Fire. Water. Wood. Are you trying to be a, uh, bender, Bat- a bender, airbender? No, Battle Beast. They were doing oh, that long before oh, that airbender my garbage. Bad. Fire. <laughs> Wood. Water. 
rub chip thing. Captain Planet. Did you know those were uh, from the Transformer toy line? The Battle Beasts? Yes. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> Does anybody other than you? I mean, there's lots of people Letus. that don't care about this stuff that did. Because the little rub chips that had the firewood water stuff rub on them. Rub chips. Yeah, you know, the little symbol things like the Transformer cars had after 85 and forward. Those were Autobot and Decepticons. Speaking of rub chips, did you know that apparently if you take two Cool Ranch Doritos and rub them together fast enough that you can start a fire? I'd believe that. I mean, I heard that. I've never tried it. Yeah. Did you know if you ever sat down on one that's pointed the wrong direction, you have to go to the hospital? A Dorito? Uh Uh-huh. I think they're a little more fragile than that. No, they're stale. (laughs) They're sharp. Well, then. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Something that happened at Boy Scout camp. I don't know. You sat on a Dorito and (laughs) had to go to the hospital. Wasn't me. I don't think I was a Dorito. Oh, it might not have been. Ninja Star. It could have been a throwing star from from China. I think they're from Japan. Not the ones that I bought. They're illegal now, aren't they? Hell, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I mean, if if they weren't... Back then, they probably should have been, but hell, you could go to anywhere and pick you up a Chinese throwing stone. I remember my brother and I used to go to Sam Pan's there in uh, Clarksville. And we had two or three apiece, and we would throw them all day long at the side of our uh, shed outside. Badass. That's right. Yeah. You were a ninja. That's right. Wrap some black pantyhose around your face and creep off in the woods and hope for the best. That's right. <laughs> Well, moving on, Chad. Yes, sir. You know what it's time for. What is it time for, sir? (laughs) What'd you break? It's time for the pair. (laughs) Shut up. I don't know how to make it work. Why is it not working? I don't know. What'd you do to it? I don't know. Well, Chad, it's time for... The Pero News Stories. <clears throat> you feel better. <laughs> I told you I didn't know how to remember how to work this stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> so now that we don't have a Pero News desk anymore, you don't have to amble over. Thank God. I'll start this uh, shindig. Mm-hmm. Sad day, Chad. It's official. Yeah. Scientists conclude there is no such thing as the Yeti. No. That's what they're saying. This And it's from the BBC. Oh, well. So. It's totally true. It is. Scientists believe they have proven once and for all that the Yeti doesn't exist. How do you prove he doesn't exist? I mean, they've looked over every square inch at the same time of the planet and went, yep, no Yeti. Eh, I don't believe that. Anyway. So if you're planning a trip to Nepal to try to find the abominable snowman, you might want to rethink your holiday plans. Many people thought a race of prehistoric apes lived in the snowy wilderness of the Himalayas in Asia. Or Himalayas. The Himalayas. I like That's how Leonard Nimoy says it. Himalayas. But a new study has concluded that all physical evidence suggests yetis come from various types of bears. <laughs> Was that one of them? <laughs> There's one in the room. Danish professor Dr. Charlotte Lindquist Delicious. is the expert responsible for putting an end to a centuries-old myth that has been passed down by generations of people in Nepal. 
Mm-hmm. Our findings strongly suggest that the biological underpinnings of the Yeti legend can be found in local bears, said Charlotte, who works at New York's University of Buffalo. Charlotte and her team looked at nine samples of historic Yeti evidence gathered by a crew making a film about the creature. But sadly, DNA tests proved they were looking at bits of old dead bears, casting more than a century of Yeti sightings into serious doubt. (laughs) Sad. The first official record of something out of the ordinary came in 1832, when the Journal of Asiatic Society of Bengal published a report from British trekker B.H. Hodson. Hold on, Chris. What year was that? 1832. 1832? Jeez. He said he saw a creature covered in long, dark hair, which he thought was an orangutan, which is common in Nepal. (laughs) Sounds like it to me. If that was the case, the orangutan would have been more than 3,700 miles from his Sumatra home and probably cold and confused. Stole a car. But then, Chad, in 1928, the Germans took an interest. Ah, yeah, he finds a Yeti. Crazy Nazi experiment. Photographer N.A. Tombazi, that's not German, recorded his experience with a Yeti, spotting a tall naked figure tugging at a rhododendron bush at 15,000 feet. You better be careful and get sued for harassment. Shortly before the start of World War II, Chad, mm-hmm. the Nazis took an interest in the Yeti, sending an expedition to Nepal to investigate. Yeti stormtroopers. They never returned. But even then, more than a hundred years ago, explorer Ernst Schaefer concluded the Yeti was just a bear. Just a bear. Hmm. The Daily Mail got involved, Chad. What was his name? (laughs) Bob. Exactly. The national newspaper sent an expedition to Nepal in 1953. They printed an article a year later about finding a Yeti scalp, but when an expert looked into the report, Professor Frederick Wood Jones concluded it was neither a scalp nor from an ape. Dr. Jones. (laughs) It's not from a Yeti, Dr. Jones. No time for Yeti, Dr. Jones. In 1986, Italian mountaineer Reinhold Messner claimed that the mysterious creature was a species of endangered bear, either the Himalayan brown bear or the Tibetan blue, which can walk around on their back legs. Hmm. <laughs> hey, it's a me, Reinhold. <laughs> hey, look at me. It's a bear. He says he killed a Yeti during an encounter in Nepal, which means one of these species became even more in danger after bumping into Reinhold. Explorers and Yeti fans have continued until recently, but unsurprisingly, they've found absolutely nothing. But even the new findings haven't deterred true believers who think that the real Yeti is still out there. I think there is still a possibility that there are unknown species of higher primate which are still awaiting discovery in what used to be the Soviet Central Asia. Jonathan Downs, director of the Center for Fortean Zoology, told The Guardian. See, now, I don't believe all this for two reasons. One is the Italians were actually going to do a Yeti population control uh, program. Uh It was going to be called the Spayetti program. And then, you know, the other thing is, all the other stuff prior to that was Charlotte's Web of Lies. Yetis is real. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. So there you go, Chad. 
There's no Yeti. <laughs> Dr. Franco American is Space Yeti program. They just haven't found him Yeti. Uh, I know. So, hmm. there's my sad story. Yeah. Well, my story has to do with boards and furry monsters. This comes to us from Mysterious Universe. Mysterious. It's mysterious. From a Ouija board. Ouija board. <laughs> to Sasquatch. Laura Carter was 36. Lived in New York and was employed by the post office when I interviewed her in 2007, Nick Redfern said. Nick Redfern? Nick Redfern, sir. Woo! Yep, where the Redfern grows. She related to me the details of a distinctly odd and unsettling series of occurrences that took place back in mid-1985. 1985? Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> On one particularly warm summer's night, Laura said, as she took off her clothes. No, three of her friends had come over to visit. Her parents were out of town, and so the girls planned to have an evening hanging out, playing music, drinking, and generally having a fun time. Smoking weed. Pillow fights. At some point during the night, the discussion turned to horror movies, <gasps> ghosts, spooks, specters, and the four girls decided to experiment with an old Ouija board. As Laura admitted to me, none of them were seriously frightened by the board or the possible implications of what might transpire. In fact, oh God. they had no real idea at all of how to even use the board, <laughs> apart from what we had seen in horror movies. I mean, they are complicated. Laura added that part. Well, they didn't know except for horror movie stuff. Which board? That board. Mm -hmm. But like teenagers <laughs> everywhere, they found the idea of playing with the Ouija board while my mom and dad were out to be great fun and immensely exciting. However, what initially started out as nothing more than a bit of a late night joking around quickly changed into something far darker and much more disturbing. Demon conjuring call came from inside the house largely improvising as a result of their lack of any real knowledge or how to use a ouija board the four did their best relying on a familiar hollywood imagery they pulled a wine glass from a kitchen cupboard placed the index finger of their right hands atop it and were soon immersed in their playing a bit of fun what wine glass yeah they used to use a if you ever saw stuff in movies like they, they didn't even have a ouija board sometimes they would use a wine glass and just have like Pieces of paper letters cut out, and they would make their own with a glass. But they were just using a real board and a glass. I guess they lost the planchet. I don't know. Probably keeping the table even. They were using it on. And, uh, <laughs> anyway. Let's see. So, they were soon immersed in their plan, bit of fun. Said that already. Questions about boys, when they would marry, and attempts to contact dead relatives. Uh, but, to no avail, perhaps inevitably... However, Laura said that something decidedly odd did occur. On two occasions, the electricity went off. I wonder if they were probably in Frankfurt. Which scared the living <laughs> daylights out of the four friends. Not surprisingly, one might argue, taking into consideration their actions with the Ouija board. Ouija. Ouija. Laura explained further that everyone got a weird vibe when the power failed. And even though nothing else of an untoward nature occurred that night... It was all too late, the damage was done, and a doorway was unwittingly opened and ominously, for reasons that Laura admits to this day she could not really explain nor understand, a feeling of fear and apprehension came over 
as the next day progressed. Mm. Well, as afternoon became early morning, and after her friends had all returned to their respective homes, once again the electricity failed around 6 p.m., and the dark foreboding feelings began to take an ever stronger hold on Laura's mind. And so, after eating a hastily made sandwich, she decided to retire to the comfort, or so she thought at least, and safety of her bedroom. Later that night, however, Laura was woken from a deep sleep in the early hours and heard what sounded very much like a loud yet disturbing animal-like scream emanating from the vicinity of a small but densely packed area (laughs) of woodland that was situated to the rear of the family home. (coughs) Cautiously, but curiously too, Laura got out of bed, went to the window and peered out into the darkness and the shadows. Nothing out of the ordinary could be seen, and so she returned to her bed, but was soon asleep again for a very short while at least. Mm-hmm. Well, next, it was approximately 2 a.m. when Laura was jolted from her slumber by what she described to me as the grossest smelling thing ever, like rotting cabbage. She'd ate White Castles before she went to bed. She got Dutch oven by a Bigfoot. Laura put out her hand and turned on the lamp that sat on a small bedside table when she was horrified and panic-stricken by the sight of a silhouetted, large, black, hairy figure that was partially eclipsed by the shadows in the darkened room. Laura said the creature was hunched over and had huge, long arms and big, wide eyes. Spooky. Scary. It is. As I sat (laughs) in my often listens as Laura told her nightmarish tale, she added that At the moment she tried to scream out loud, she experienced a sudden feeling of paralysis. She said, I was sitting up but couldn't speak or move at all, she recalled, and worse was still to come. The hairy giant slowly moved in Laura's direction, stooped down over her, and brought its face within eight or nine inches of hers. The creature was, Laura explained to me, just like Bigfoot. Just like. Just like. Because, (laughs) I mean, you know, she met him a couple times before. For barely several moments, the giant beast stared intently and deeply into her eyes, then slowly and carefully backed away until the point where the dark mass was almost indistinguishable from the shadows that dominated the room. The strange form ultimately disappeared. Laura recalled like it had been sucked into the shadows. Hey, notably Laura added (laughs) that although the beast had certainly scared her out of her wits, she did not get the feeling that it was in any way directly hostile. Instead, it was her opinion that the creature had appeared to warn her not to get mixed up with ghosts and Ouija boards again. Really? Unsurprisingly, (laughs) since that day, Laura has not, and the Beast has never put in a repeat performance. Whether Laura Carter's weird experience was based within literal reality or the results of a particularly bad nightmare, it it still puzzles her years later. Huh. So, Chris, so uh, what did you learn from that story? That Sasquatches don't like Ouija boards? That's right. You mess with a Ouija board. He was like, no. Most likely, stinky, poop-encrusted first Sasquatch is going to show up in your room at night. I don't... See, I don't know if I'd make the connection. If I was playing with a Ouija board, then a couple nights later, Bigfoot was in a room. I don't know if I'd be like, wait a minute. I bet the Bigfoot's telling me don't use the Ouija board. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I wouldn't get that. I'd be more like, uh, Mike is Bigfoot yeah, in my, my, how'd you uh, get in my room. <laughs> yeah. Why do you smell so bad? 
Yep. Now I'll probably have thirty percent of that same situation happen to me later. <laughs> I'll wake up, there'll be a foul smell. But uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, don't use the Ouija board no more. Oh shit. Oh, oh Chris. I had to something happen. You call me right you use, call me right then. I can't use the Ouija board no more. And I'll say, like, Chad, when's the last time you used a Ouija board? <laughs> 16 years ago. <laughs> and it's and just I, now coming around. A message. Karma. I heard a growl. And then there was a smell. And I couldn't use it no more. It was like rotten eggs and a skunk was living in a bucket under the bed. It's that demon you conjured. <laughs> demon. <laughs> Came out of the crevasse of hell. <laughs> Came, came in to wreck the room. Wreck <laughs> the Damn near killed him. <laughs> well. Well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, Chad. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yeah, looking at the stuff to do for tonight, this uh-huh. show. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't think there was any way we could top last year's monumental Christmas episode with, uh, you know, the uh, Yule Lads. I'm bored next. <laughs> wow. <laughs> dog Graper. So, uh, <laughs> Liquor Snatcher. <laughs> liquor Snatcher and Dog Graper. So instead of... <laughs> so instead of doing a Christmas show, we're just gonna pick something randomly out of the air, which I did not too long before we started recording. Uh-huh. We're gonna talk about Mount Shasta. Delicious. Grape. Orange or grape. Or Fago. Eh, that's for Juggalos. Fago? Uh-huh. Juggalos are into the Fago. Oh. Okay. Do they still make Shasta? Yeah. I think. I know they still make Fago. What they need to bring back is Grape Knee High. Or Orange Knee High. No. Yeah. Just sugar. Anyway. You can't have it. Well. So after the break, we're going to talk about Mount Shasta. <laughs> Hello, and as I said, you know, a mere minute or so ago, mm-hmm. Mount Shasta, Chad. Shasta. Because, you know, at first I thought, what are we going to do the show on? And for whatever reason, I started thinking, oh, mysterious disappearances. Mm-hmm. You know, going along like the missing 411 stuff and crazy aliens or orbs or Bigfoot or whatever. The Pong co-host. Stealing people from... What? The Pong co-hosts, they disappeared for a while. Oh, they did? Yeah. Came back. Aliens eating people. Do you remember, like, anything that happened? Just wake up somewhere, like, miles away from where you were? No shoes. Naked. naked. (laughs) Confused. Rear end's a little sore. 
Well, that wasn't because of any, well. <laughs> Woke up in Mexico somewhere. Tijuana. Tijuana. That's right. But, uh, so looking into that, every uh, a bunch of stuff on Mount Shasta kept coming up about disappearances. I started reading that, and Mount Shasta is a messed up place. Yeah. So figured we might do a little in-depth reading on Mount Shasta. Let's do it. All right, Chad. Most of this comes from some website that I don't remember. Oh, yeah. At this point. Well, we know it's authentic, then. (laughs) The Mysterious Universe or something. from the web. But, uh, although there are many deeply mysterious mountains in the world, Chad, Mm -hmm. one that surely stands out as exceptional is Northern California's Mount Shasta. Nice. A mountain which seems to know no end to the depths of bizarreness. Ancient lost civilizations, UFOs, Bigfoot, strange creatures, anomalous people, and numerous other unexplained phenomena. Mount Shasta is just dripping with high strangeness. Ooh. Dripping. Clean that up. So, yeah, Mount Shasta is in Northern California. It is the southern end of the Cascade Range. It is a dormant volcano, Chad. Dormant? Yeah. Hmm. A little over 14,000 feet high and is surrounded by something. It's uh, it's really high. <laughs> like I think you are. No. Uh, surrounded by Forested Valley. It's the second highest peak in the Cascade Range and the fifth highest mountain in all of California. Huh. And probably the most odd well-known story about Mount Shasta is uh, and I know it's this is something you've talked about before doing a show on is uh, Hollow Earth uh-huh and uh, it's supposedly got a big uh, underground city in it Jim no yeah <laughs> just beep it you <laughs> sounded truly like surprised what <laughs> huh uh, what yeah, uh, the mountain harbors an ancient secret city inhabited by the descendants of the Lemurians, Ooh. which are the supposedly highly technologically advanced people who are said to have been the first humans on Earth and lived on a lost sunken continent known as Lemuria. The name Lemuria was coined in the mid-19th century to denote a hypothetical sunken continent that once bridged the Indian Ocean and was so named because it was speculated that that's how the lemurs got to Madagascar. Just fell off the side of the mountain? No, the land bridge. Oh, I thought they just <laughs> ran off and drowned. Keep up. Oh. The <laughs> uh, story goes that their continent sank due to some unspecified cataclysmic event, which some circles say was the very same one that did away with Atlantis. No, it's still in Vegas. So the Lemurians escaped mm-hmm. their little sinking continent. And uh, promptly went to Mount Shasta and established the city of Telos, somewhere under the mountain. Headed to Cali. (laughs) What? Headed to Cali, California. Oh. (laughs) They're going out to Cali. These Lemurians, Chad, are typically described as being graceful, thin, ethereal beings who are all very tall, up to seven feet in height, with fair skin, long, luxurious hair, 
and abnormally long necks, which they are said to decorate with collars made of beads, gold, or precious stones. Sound like Norwegians. I was going to say, it's just a bunch of Scandinavians. Yeah, sound like some people at Viking descent. Well, beds of city under the mountain. <laughs> Would you like some fish? Yeah. <laughs> the strange beings are usually clad in flowing white robes and sandals. Probably Birkenstocks. Uh-oh. Birkenstocks and their Subarus. All the... What's wrong with Subarus? Although they are sometimes said to wear tunics or even walk about nude. Well. The Lemurians are also purported to have a walnut-sized organ of some sort which protrudes from their foreheads. <laughs> so they got three nuts. <laughs> so that's how you spot them. You're like, what is that? Go up and flick them in the forehead. They're like. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, walnut on their head. This head sack. <laughs> it supposedly imbues them with vast psychic powers, mm -hmm. such as ESP, telekinesis, telepathy, the ability to appear and disappear at will, and the power to influence the minds of others. Hmm. I need one of those. Brain nut. Brain nut? Yeah. Great. How do you wonder if you could do that? Do what? Just, I don't know, implant a walnut under your... Under the skin on your forehead. What is, what is that gland they say that's our untapped third eye? The uh, perineal, perineal gland or whatever? Pineal? Pineal. There you go. I think. I think it does stuff, though. What does it do? Stuff. Because they, the dude mutates himself and gets it where it pops out of his head in the uh, uh, that movie with... Uh, oh, God. I can't think of it. Never with, mind. With that person? Yeah, the dude that was in Reanimator, but it's not Reanimator. It's the other movie he was in where they were opening up a portal to another dimension and the dudes, never mind. People can look that up. I'm sure they're actively just furiously typing right now. Probably. Locals say that L the Lemurians are known to come down from their secretive mountain realm into the town from time to time. Towering, odd-looking folk clad in white robes and barefoot Oh, I said they had sandals. <laughs> Who would buy huge amounts of sulfur, salt, and lard, which they would always pay for in gold nuggets that far exceeded the value of the merchandise. Now, hold on. <coughs> yes. If you're coming down with your forehead sack bobbing around. In a white robe. And nobody's going to follow you back. And if you were that advanced, you're not going to buy any lard. No. Because you're going to know it's really bad know for you. Bad. Yeah, it's like they should come down and get olive oil. Or maybe they just knew that it actually isn't bad for you and it tastes better. Mm. Maybe. Continue. <laughs> okay. Tales of people actually entering the wondrous bejeweled Lemurian city abound as well. A Dr. M. Dorial claimed that he had penetrated into the mountain lair of the Lemurians and saw what he described as an enormous cavern that was an astounding 20 miles long. 15 miles wide and 2 miles high. How do you measure that? <clears throat> I don't know. It was illuminated by a gigantic blazing artificial sun right in the center. Hmm. Pretty hot in there. Good. One of the strangest stories of finding an underground city within Mount Shasta comes from a 1904 account which first appeared in the 1934 edition of the Stockton Record concerning a J.C. Brown, a British prospector who had come to the mountain with the Lord Caldre Mining Company to prospect for gold. During this expedition, Brown allegedly stumbled across a tunnel in the hillside which led down into the darkness below the mountain. 
The, the prospector decided to venture into the opening and found that it stretched several miles into the murk and ended in a complex of rooms full of ornate statues, crystals, shields, and copper and gold. The discovery was touted by Brown as being one of the most exciting archaeological finds of the century and eventually an expedition led by John C. Root and comprised of 80 members was brought together to further explore the tunnel based on these claims. But guess what, Chad? What's that? On June 19, 1934, the day the exploration was set to set out from Stockton, California, J.C. Brown did not show up, and in fact, he was never seen again. Collusion. <laughs> now, this is one of my favorite parts of uh, the old Mount Shasta stories, Chad. Uh-huh. Although the Lemurians of Mount Shasta are generally seen to be benevolent and nonviolent, the same cannot be said of the truly outlandish tale of what are known as the D-Rose, short for degenerate robots. Holy crap! <laughs> which are said to be Lemurian robots which had gone insane and became uh, malevolent machines bent on murder, mayhem, and destruction. Decepticons. <laughs> in a mountain. In a mountain. Well, hmm. they should be in the ocean, but well, it works out. Whatever. As completely absurd as this may all sound, there was an interesting story related by researcher and author David Polides about a young child who went missing while on a camping trip with his parents on the mountain in 2011. The boy apparently suddenly disappeared without a trace and was not found for five hours, after which the, the shaken child came back with an extremely weird story. According to him... He'd been abducted by an evil robot that looked and sounded just like his grandmother and taken to a huge underground cave populated by other human-looking robots as well as giant spiders. Sorry. Why not? <laughs> the real grandmother later claimed to have woken up face down on the ground feeling violently ill and with a small puncture wound on the back of her neck, presumably so that the robot could steal the genetic information it needed to duplicate her, Jan. Okay. <laughs> Believable. Certainly. You gotta watch freaking deranged robots. I had a friend who had a cousin that had a buddy once that lived over in Nicaragua that had that happen. Deranged robot? Mm-hmm. Drained the genetic information from a hole in the back of their neck. <laughs> Happens a lot more than you think. Just doesn't go reported in a lot of other countries. Fair enough. <laughs> Adding to the list of enig enigmatic people who found some kind of revelation here is a man who in uh, 2011 went missing in the Pacific Crest Trail in the Sh Mount Shasta Wilderness for several weeks. When he suddenly returned, as mysteriously as he had vanished, he claimed that while hiking he had heard the sound of a woman singing and had gone off the trail to follow its source. He soon had become lost and was then abducted and taken to a cave where he was stripped of all of his clothing. After that, he reportedly was approached by a tall and beautiful woman with unnaturally piercing blue eyes who gave him some sort of secret information which he would not divulge the nature of when asked. After this ordeal, the man went on to change his name to Lord Kalki and insisted that he was an incarnation of a messianic Hindu god. And he started on his never-ending quest to defeat He-Man. <laughs> Lord Kalki? Lord Kalki. He likes to seal windows. He does. <laughs> he cockied the windows. <laughs> he cockied the bathtub. Uh, 
But you know, Chad, Lemurians, mystical ascended masters, mysterious blue-eyed ladies are not the only weird inhabitants of Mount Shasta. Yeah? The area has long been a hot spot for Bigfoot activity as well. Sweet. Bigfoot have been regularly sighted all over the mountain for years, but one odd twist to many of these accounts that makes them a little different than the norm and really turn up the weird factor is the amount of them that mention a decidedly eerie paranormal angle. Mount Shasta Bigfoot have been variously described as materializing out of thin air and vanishing just as suddenly, levitating, passing through solid objects, and even entering and exiting spacecraft, making these reports a little more head-scratching than the more traditional Bigfoot sightings which seem to describe, typically, flesh-and-blood animals. Kind of got that, uh... Chestnut Ridge kind of thing going. Kind of do. Forehead Nut Ridge. <laughs> oh, another phenomenon of Mount Shasta is the intense UFO activity reported on the mountain. Dancing lights, mysterious flashes, orbs, metallic craft, glowing objects, luminous cigar-shaped objects, jellyfish-like craft, silent silver airships, and fleets of lights making amazing maneuvers have all been reported from here since long before electricity was even a thing. Wow. Amazing. I don't think you're that excited. I'm, I'm super excited. I'm just thinking how much I need to avoid Mount Shasta. <laughs> some people have put forth the theory that these UFOs have some connection with the Lemurian civilization purported to live within the mountain, a claim somewhat supported by sightings of UFOs disappearing into the clouds that often shroud Mount Shasta's summit or even right into the mountain itself. The list of high strangeness at Mount Shasta goes on. The water here is believed to have certain revitalizing and healing effects, so much so that many come from far and wide with bottles and jugs to collect it. <laughs> In addition to Bigfoot, the forests of the mountain are said to be inhabited by strange race of dwarves as well as fairies. Nothing? No, I was just thinking, what if all the water that comes out of the mountain is actually their sewer system? Oh, uh, the Lemurians? Lemurian pee-pee. <laughs> There's also a mysterious group of people called the Yaktav the Wahoo, huh? Yaktavians. Oh, okay. Who are said to use sound waves to manipulate and shape reality. What about Ravage, Buzzsaw, Laser Beak? They can they Frenzy can, and Rumble. Their name is a weapon. Oh. There are supposedly top secret military installations operating deep underground in the bowels of the earth for for some inscrutable and quite possibly sinister purpose. People claim that they are drawn to the mountain by some irresistible force and often arrive without really knowing why they came in the first place. This means something. They make mashed potato You can't mountains. give them a plate full of mashed potatoes. Hell no. And a fork. The whole mountain is said to be the location of numerous portals to other dimensions and locations that allow one to shift to the fifth dimension or transcend time and space. The 70s. Oh, they did make one that was a learning song for children in 1975 called The Portal Potty. It could all be connected. Coincidence? Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Let the sun shine. Maybe the fifth dimension was made up of Lemurians. Could have been. Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> one enduring belief about the mountain is that it serves as an extremely potent and powerful energy vortex and is crisscrossed with ley lines which are intersecting paths of energy similar to what is said about Stonehenge. Refer to our Ley Lines episode. One of the most uh, enthralling episodes of Paranormal, Exciting. guys. Yeah, I think so. You will not say next on that one. Exactly. 
Listen to the whole thing. There's a big surprise. Nowhere in that show. <laughs> there is. <laughs> You're surprised that you listened to the whole thing. <laughs> no kidding. Fell asleep at the keyboard. So there you go, Chad. Uh, that's it? Uh, yeah, well, you know. I mean, do you need more? No, well, I, I mean, mean, holy crap. Maybe I do. <laughs> what happened to the whole two liter of Shasta I had in there? We, uh. It mysteriously disappeared. We need to take a trip to Mount Shasta and do a live show. For what? We sat down at the base of it and recorded? I didn't say to the top. Well, I couldn't make it to the top. Mount Shasta City. How's that? To be airlifted in. You can go to Mount Shasta City. It's at the base. Oh, okay. Look out, Mount Shasta. Why settle for just a peak, Chad? I don't know. When you could see it all. From Lookout Mount Shasta? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> oh, we're nothing if not chock full of obscure references. Yeah, nobody will understand. Well, <laughs> it's free. That's true. <laughs> Cost you? Practically nothing. It's a little bit of your life force. <laughs> hey, you know what else is free? What's that, Chris? Going to paranormalguys.com. Paranormalguys.com. What are you going to find there? Hey, you can find the shows. You can find some pictures. You can find a link to send us an email. Yeah. You find a little button to give us some money. You could. I mean, if you're so inclined. Get our Cryptid Crate subscription going. That's right. Yep. <laughs> and what's one of those things that you could do with that email, Chad? Oh, you can uh, send us stories. Uh, got, enough, got enough of those for a show yet? I mean, if the show is only like four minutes long, maybe. <laughs> Please, someone send Chad a story. Send me something. It, I don't it, care. No, not even if it, just make it up. Just no like dirty pictures, but anything It doesn't else. have to have really happened. Just make it up. Even if you just plagiarize it out of a book. <laughs> Honorable mention. <laughs> Do a report on a movie you saw. Just yeah, send just Chad a story. Send me something. Tell me something interesting. <laughs> Tell me something good. <laughs> and you can also... F- <laughs> you okay, Chris? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just think it's... I mean, it's sad and funny all at the same time that you so what emailed stories. <laughs> Brown Eye Blue. <sighs> so anyway. Yeah. Uh, go to our Instagram account. Okay. Right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. No. Oh. Not really. But, um... Uh, we occasionally put some pictures on there of things that we're doing at the time. Mm-hmm. That's paranormal guys there too. Yeah, pretty sweet. It is. It is. But things, things are going to ramp up after the new year. Oh, they are. They are. There's um, many bullets in the chamber. So we're getting ready to launch them out. Launch some stuff. Shooting out new ideas. Making it rain. <laughs> See how long can you go? Wow. Yeah. Um, but, uh, butter. Butter. Smooth like butter. So, for as much as we don't, you know, update the website or Instagram. It's all on Chris. Chad actually does update our Facebook account quite often. I try. So, go there. There's all kinds of interesting stuff that Chad puts up there. That's uh, facebook.com slash guys. There's a new uh, CGI animated Yeti movie coming out there is. put a trailer up link for that up there is that the one where the yeti finds a human small foot sees a human and like goes back and tells all the other yeah, yetis about it foot or whatever and they is. don't believe him yeah, made up story there you go somebody somebody watch that movie and write chad a story about it whips out that shoe and they're like oh. 
And, you know, while you're at uh, our Facebook page, Mm -hmm. head on over to William Blanchard's Facebook page. He is the gentleman that supplies all the music for Paranormal Guys. Musical genius. Oh, we missed that. Mm. And you can find him at facebook.com slash William Blanchard Soundtrack. Uh And, oh, speaking of internet-y related thingies, Chad. Yeah. The interwebs and whatnot. Uh Uh, If anybody does have a book, movie any kind of convention news, anything like that that they would want us to talk about on the show, go ahead and email that to us. Yeah. Or you can just put a little mention on our Facebook page as well. Yep. Be happy to uh, help promote magical information to all our listeners out there. I Well, I have a stipulation, though. What's that? As long as it is not anything related to the Orangpin deck, mm-hmm. pro-flat earth theory. Okay. Or, uh, what's that Cooper's guy's name? D.B. Cooper? D.B. Cooper, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Any of those, and I, they're not going on the show. Hmm. Or anything about the Australian diabetes reset method. Oh. I mean, it's the boomerang method. It's been proven <laughs> in Australia. I, you've never shown me the proven hard scientific research. You know that. the guy that plays Thor? He talks about it. What, really? Yeah, in an infomercial. Really? Yeah, Hemsworth. You've never shown me that video. I'll find it. It's on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, send us some stuff. We'll read it on the show. Yeah, sure. Why not? What else are we going to do? We have no standards. <laughs> no. You know, hey. Yeah. First show we've done in like a year. Uh-huh. And I didn't get a, your something about my ignorance. Oh. You know what? I'm appalled by your ignorance. No, it's not. It doesn't work now. Hmm. Have a paranormal... I can't even... Have a paranormal week. Chain Melody. Oh, my, my ghost, the ghost song. My darling, I've hungered for your touch alone, lonely time. Mm-hmm. Now, uh-huh. there's our outtakes. Chris and Chad singing. It's Chris and Chad. What are you going to get the family for Christmas? It's Chris and Chad. Sing the hits.